0: Taylor Walker from the U.S. Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GOS Giant. Hey, it's Brad the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, you with MJ. Welcome to another Coaches Panel podcast as we chat through who I believe are the 50 most relevant players across all of your salary cap formats kind of combined into one universal list. So for those that love playing fantasy, dream team, and super coach, It's all-in-one content for you. Some players more relevant in other formats than the others, but, you know, that makes it the list fun to deal with. Uh, Joining me on the line to chat through who I've got at number 37, I've got Jimmy on the line. Hello, mate. Hello, MJ. Good to be back. Yeah, mate, I'm keen to talk about Dylan Robertson. I think he's in at least two of the formats. Incredibly, incredibly relevant for us in 2019 he was probably one of the real surprise packet premiums of 2017 and then you know kind of this horrible incident took place in round four where he just collapsed and an irregular heartbeat was discovered thankfully he's okay nothing you know over the long-term monitoring proved that anything was categorically wrong with him or anything about his heartbeat that needed to be continually monitored but when this guy hits his peak, he can score. He
1: certainly can. He, um, yeah, as you say, he started twenty seventeen with a a huge bang, and um, yeah, there's a there's a, there's a lot to like there. I think there, is, yeah, definitely, and and compared to his starting price mm. in, in Super Coach and Dream Team, um, especially that's um that's well down on what he's done on previous years, and um and, and AFL Fantasy, he's Price quite a lot higher without much of a discount but um, but you know, fans of that game will tell you that that's exactly why they've done it because in, in a lot of ways and as we're about to go through I think he, he makes himself such an easy pick in those other two formats that um, pricing him a bit higher just puts a bit of a Oh, I don't know about that sort of question mark on him. and he'll be a lot more unique in that format than the other two.
0: Yeah, he will. You talk about the prices that he starts with. He's just a touch under $300,000 in Supercoach. Uh, if uh, AFL Dream Team, he's $360,500. Um, the price, in contrast, that you're alluding to for AFL Fantasy is $537,000. Uh, he's priced, uh, you know, reasonable in two of the three formats. Um, his average for Fantasy last year was 63, and his best score in that format was against the Lions. With a 103 Uh, for Super Coach, priced at an uh, got an average of 68.5. His best game was 90 in that same game against the Lions. Like I said, horrible incident took place, um, you know, early in in the match against the Cats. Thankfully he's okay. And while he's not yet back into full training, that's not uncommon, by the way, in January. A lot of players are on modified training programs to be able to get yeah. them ready for a full season. So don't panic when you hear, oh, he's on a modified program. Maybe panic in February a little bit about that. Don't panic too right. much about that in January. <laughs> um, that, that's for sure. They're taking a longer term and a slightly conservative approach with him, which given what took place, it makes complete sense about that Um, all you need to do and the St Kilda fitness and coaching staff have come out and said this countless times is he's expected to play in the JLT community series and that's great news for us as fantasy coaches because this once premium defender is priced in such a range, especially in Dream Team and Super Coach, that you must consider. And it's for this reason. Just 12 months earlier, Dylan was coming off a PB Fantasy Footy season. He averaged over 90 across all formats. He was a 92.5 in Super Coach, Eight tons that year, including a 149 against the Hawks. For Fantasy and Dream Team, averaged 90, scored eight tons, three of them over 120. And these are incredible numbers that we were getting. And if you actually look into the 2017 first 12 rounds of that year, he averaged 102.83 in fantasy and dream team and 104 in Supercoach. For under 300,000 in Supercoach and just over 350 in Dream Team. You're getting a guy who's put in big runs for barely anything.
1: Yeah, and, and, and that is a, a huge value benefit, which um, it makes, you know, as I said, you look at those figures alone and it's it's hard to find a reason not to pick in, in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, and especially when you consider that that 90-point average, um, there were only, of all the players listed as defenders for 2019, only six of them averaged 90 or above last year, I think. So, yeah. Is you look at that um, and you're getting a guy who's capable of scoring in that range um, at, at half the cost.
0: Yeah, and we do have plenty of stepping stone options in our back line I think the difference between Dylan um, in contrast to some of them other is the thing that's caused him to be so cheap um, is uh, is the issues he had with his heart that ruled him out for the rest of the year others are coming back from um, you know soft tissue injuries knee injuries um, major form concerns that wasn't the case with Dylan the reason he didn't play most of the year. It's because he had an irregular heartbeat in the game and the club were taking his long-term health and well-being into consideration. Like I said, the first 12 games of 2017, he averaged over a ton in Fantasy and Dream Team and Super coach for less than 350, um less than 300 in Supercoach, just over 350 in Dream Team. Imagine if he did that for you up until his buy round. Imagine if he was scoring like a premium for you at a fraction of the price. And the good news is, that's not just a once-off year where it's like well he had you know kind of a, a year out of the box he was fantasy relevant no one he's not done it since he's not done it before I call it the west off year um, it's not like he's done that because in Just a few years earlier in 2015, the first season at St. Kilda, he played 20 games. He averaged 82.8 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team with four tons. While in Supercoach, he averaged 90 and hit over the ton mark five times, all of which were over 115. So he's shown he can do this consistently. Now we get the opportunity of picking a guy that can go 80 and even up to 90 at a fraction of the price.
1: And that ceiling is not to be understated either. Yeah. And um so it means that even when he does have those four games, and he will, I'm sure, um, yeah, you know, those, those big ones are gonna make up for it, um, you know, if you, if he can repeat that sort of performance again.
0: Yeah, you know, think about where he's priced at under three hundred thousand in Supercoach. That's it's less than a hundred thousand between him and first-year player Sam Walsh. Given that price tag, given the fact that he is a peel-off intercept player, you know, and certainly there's some great points up for grabs in Supercoach for you um, in that way and format of the game. He's proven multiple seasons he can go over ninety. Um, for me in Super Coach, if he does that, um, not only does that put him as a really great cash generation option, not only does that put him as a great points ground points player on the field for you, but that pushes him into the top fifteen defenders, and you would do worse than have him as a D six keeper option for the rest of the year. Gosh, you could even drift to a you know, your emergency bench cover if you really want it to be that crazy. Or, yeah, 6, 8, 10, 12 weeks into the year, you upgrade him. Um, he gives you so many options of being either a, you know, really capable stepping stone right through to, you know, a really cheap keeper if things go your way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and it is, of course, you know, we, we should temper the excitement a little bit. It is still only January. Yeah. Um, there's There's a lot of time between now and round one, and as you said, he's on a modified program, which we don't take too much notice of at this point. Um, but we do, I think, really need to see him play JLT and and see what you know. Make sure that role is still there for him um, yeah. before we get too excited. And and as we've said before, with um, you know especially players like um, Robertson here and and Tom Winch that we were talking about earlier, or, um, not Winch, sorry, Dunner. Where they're priced at that level, and you're expecting so much higher. If you've got your team set with him in that spot all preseason and you go, yep, yeah, my D4, my D5, D3, wherever he is, depending on your structure, is going to be him. And then suddenly on the eve of round one, he's not named. Yeah. Who are you replacing him with? And I think this sort of player, it's really important that you've got a backup plan because suddenly if you're scrapping him out and you're thinking, all "Right, do I put a rookie in there? Do I downgrade another player so I've got the cash to pick up a more expensive option? Yeah. Changing your structure on that Wednesday before lockout is um, fraught with danger. Yes. Um, so all well and good to, to lock him in now and go, yep, I'm picking him, that's a certainty. Um, but then coming into round one, you need a backup plan.
0: Yeah, you do. And you do need to see him play some games through the JLT. You do need to see um, how he plays. I, I'm, you know, We've mentioned it a couple of times throughout this um, preseason, and Will, again, is there are some really big unknowns because of the new rules that are coming into play you can make as many predictions as you like and we have and we will continue to do that for you the fact is most of these rule changes have not been implemented at any level for a serious length of time and so the impact that has on the game and fantasy scores we're just Speculating, And so do some of the new rule changes make Dylan Robertson even more relevant? Quite possibly. Conversely, do they damage the way that the defensive units structure, the way they play the game, how they choose to man up? Possibly. Quite possibly. So, the JLT community series, um, and there's an article up now at coachespanel.tv talking about it, where I believe, and maybe it's a little bit of hyperbole, but I think it's the most important preseason games we've ever seen as fantasy coaches because we need to see the potential impact, if any at all, that these new rules do or don't have.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and after all the excitement of uh, AFLX coming up before that, that's I think, true. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're you know, we'll be we'll be um, we'll be struggling to keep up, but I think it'll be <laughs> worth watching.
0: Yeah, I think so. Look, right now for me, I, I've got Dylan Robertson um really locked away in, in Super Coach. Um, and, and would, yes, certainly need to see him back into full training and and through the JLT unhindered to lock him away. But he's there right now for fantasy and dream team. He's certainly not out of contention in both, Um, but at the moment, I'd probably need to change some of my backline structure to fit him in through there, but certainly wouldn't talk anyone out of starting him in any of of the formats if they were to do that. He's an interesting one of where he does go in drafts, though, Jimmy, because um, last year, entering into the year, people probably bought him at that 90-plus, and yes, I know there was the um, game that ruled him out, and injury and things like that, but he wasn't killing it in every game. He certainly wasn't doing bad. He had a couple of 60s and 70s and that really nice game um, against the Lions. So for some leagues, depending on how you choose to rank and, you know, do you just go off previous seasons, averages, things like that, he may go completely under the radar um, for a lot of coaches. Where do you think he goes? Because on potential, he could be up to a D2. But on reality, I, I could see some coaches maybe about a D4, um starting to to lock him in M- maybe someone jumps early early feels wrong but early on a D3 is probably early um where do you think he goes in a draft
1: yeah look i think with with a player like um with like Robertson it, it's it's going to be about who jumps first yes. more than anything else i think um you know you've got a, a pretty clear band of of top tier defense options and, and ultimate footy if you're, if you're in that format and assuming they open up in a month or so um, we'll probably add a couple more as they usually do mm. um, but so you'll have a clear band of, of premium defenders that are worth taking as your D1 and, and your D2 if you, if you go down that path once those are all gone you're then looking at guys like um, like Robert and I think in a lot of ways your, your Newmans, your mm. Brandon Ellis' who have got that potential yeah. to score at premium level but aren't there at the moment um, and then you've got your guys that you know are solid for yeah. 75 to 80-ish points a game. So, and I think, personally, I'd rather take the risk on a guy who might average a bit less, but mm. certainly has shown the potential to do more. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, as you say, somewhere in that sort of... D3, D4, Rangers think is where he's going to go. Um, and if you're not biting on him at that point, I think someone else probably will, unless you're in a league with a bunch of Nuffies who don't know what they're doing and just go on last year's average. So <laughs> he will he will be picked up. Um, it's just a matter of
0: it's where uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Who, who blinks first. Yeah.
0: You're right, because if, it's, if the coaches you're in a league with use 2018's averages as their main guide, then you could probably get him as a D5. Um, If you really want him, you you probably are going to have to go as a D3. Um, but I think D four, based on all the variables, uh, feels about right for me, which puts him in that kind of mid-teens kind of draft you know draft range in rounds. If you're going yeah. for five de- defenders on on fielding, and probably similarly in a in a new keeper league as well, is is where he's likely to go. Um, maybe drift an extra couple of rounds to rounds to be late teens if people start picking off you know the the highly rated kids that have just been drafted in. You know, yeah. I would certainly and, be picking. I
1: think that's what'll happen with him. Too. And, and especially given the what's he now 28
0: yeah 27 28 sometime.
1: yeah yeah so yeah he's at the the second half of his career at the very least he's not done yet we're not writing him off but um he's you know, you, you're picking the younger option ahead of him if all else is equal so is um yeah he'll drift a little bit more in a keeper league which is handy but um but, but he is a very handy type to pick up later on as a, an option you can slot in for a couple of years before he does go
0: yeah I think so too hey man appreciate your thoughts today as we've talked about Dylan Robertson.
1: No worries, mate. Pleasure as always.
0: If you want to check out the article, it's online now for you at coachespanel.tv, as are all the other players we've revealed so far in the 50 most relevant. Starting to venture into the mid-30s now. I wonder who we're going to land tomorrow.